Women Taking the Lead, Episode 30. I have to lead myself as well and allow myself to take the path that I need to take. And the way I do that is to listen. I need to listen uh, to myself and what my needs might be at the time. And the way I do that is through... Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. This episode is sponsored by Luma Coaching. Want some support to get your dreams off the ground? Go to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Mary Catherine Johnson, who is an author, entrepreneur, and mom. She has created success for over 12 years. A fall while pregnant with her second son landed her with her first book and business, and she is now on her third business, helping other parents create their own entrepreneurial success with her podcasting, blogging, and online courses. Okay, Mary Catherine, that's only a little intro for everyone, so tell us more about you and your humble beginnings. Well, hello there, Jody. First off, thank you so much for inviting me to chat with you today. I'm I really am honored and can't wait to to share some things that I hope will uh, help others and help myself at the same time because the more we give, the more we receive as far as I'm concerned. So, um my humble beginnings. Oh my goodness. How far back do you want me to go? <laughs> Well, I'll start with um, the fact that I am the oldest of three girls, so that might give you an idea of my birth order and uh, my mental attitude as the firstborn. Um, but beyond that, I um, grew up in a household with, that was very controlled, so uh, my opinion was not necessarily valued. Um, so... I met my now husband uh, when I was 16, and without getting into too much of the psychology behind it, I basically um, rebelled and left home on my 18th birthday. I was not allowed to leave before then. So I left home on my 18th birthday, moved in with this guy, and about a year later, we were married, and that was... Um, this coming week, it will be 32 years ago. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. But I got to tell you from the age of 16 (laughs) to my age now, which you can do the math if you like, but, um, (laughs) you know, I've had to grow and change drastically through that time period. And especially coming from such a, a, a controlled household and he has had to as well, um, and so if we weren't able to grow together and in the same direction, I would not be saying that I've been married 32 years uh, for sure. But beyond that, going adding on that, coming from that kind of a background, I am also then, I'm, I've ended up being the first person in my entire family to graduate high school, or excuse me, graduate college. It took me seven years to graduate college, and I went to junior college trying to figure out what I wanted to do because, again, I really didn't know anything about what I might want to do in my life and ended up getting accepted to um, UC Berkeley here in California and graduating from UC Berkeley with a degree in nutrition and food science. And this comes from starting or leaving high school, barely getting out of algebra in math. 
And I had to go all the way through physics and inorganic chemistry, organic chemistry, um, biochemistry, and all the nutrition courses in order to graduate with that degree. So it was, it was a mountain that I had to climb. And I really didn't realize that because I just looked step by step, one step over the next. I've come from very humble beginnings to actually deciding now, again, 30 plus years later, that I can really do anything. It was tough. You know, Jody. it was really, really tough. And I think what it taught me, all those things, first off, leaving my family completely and then jumping into this marriage and determined to make it work. Obviously, I love him dearly and he's absolutely my kindred spirit. And I'm very, very lucky. I'm here to tell you I am very lucky that that turned out that way. And then to working my way through college, and I I had to work. I got loans. I got as many grants as I could possibly get and worked all the way through, through those seven years to actually get that degree. And I'm here to tell you that I'm not working in that degree. So it didn't necessarily end up um, with my career. It did in the beginning. Uh, I definitely did that in the beginning. But it has helped me make my family as... Uh, absolutely healthy as it po- as we possibly can be through continuing to learn it because it's now become more of my avocation. I really do enjoy learning about nutrition and exploring different things and being as healthy as we can. But really, to be where I am right now, and I'm I can pretty much confidently say that I know who I am. I know where I'm going, and um, I'm having a blast getting there. Holy smokes, Mary Catherine. Where where do I even begin? Hold on. So, okay. One thing that is just amazing. Yes, your college degree. I'm going there in a second. But you started off, you've been in a relationship with your husband for 32 years that started when you were in high school. That's amazing to stay in a relationship for that long, especially when the relationship started when you were at such a young age that I I can't even imagine um, the relationship that you and your husband have right now, although I'm sure we'll get more of a window into your world. Yeah. And the degree, even though you're not using it, like you said, what it took to earn that degree and what it showed you about yourself to do it. And I love how you talked about it was like one step in front of the other in both things. There wasn't this, oh my God, I have to get it by now. And if I, you know, I'm falling behind because I think that's where a lot of people fall off track or get overwhelmed is, well, I'm not already there yet. And it's going to take so long and it's so much work and yada, 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 yada. And then we can stop ourselves or get overwhelmed. But you took on the strategy of one class at a time, one day at a time, and slowly moved yourself in that direction. So that's just incredible. And at this point, you've had a lot of success in your life. Life is good, not without challenges, as we talked about, but life is good. And you've definitely gained some confidence. But take us back to a time when you were playing small, and you may not have been aware of it at the time. Share with us the story and the lessons you've learned. I had, um, like you mentioned in the beginning, I fell and broke both my legs and when I was eight months pregnant. And so I got through that scenario and that situation was the most difficult time in my entire life. Um, 
just because I'm so independent and I fight for that independence so strongly that I was sitting and not able to do anything on my own, nothing. I mean, the only thing I could do is stand on one foot for long enough to give myself a sponge bath. Everything else I could not do. I couldn't cook. I couldn't clean. I couldn't play with my son. I couldn't, none of the things that I take for granted, just walking down the hall to put some laundry in, I could not do. So it was the biggest blow to my, my self-esteem, my confidence, all those things. But getting through that, I, I can bring you to the end of it because that isn't even the undervaluing part, okay? That, um, I got through that. I found a, a, a power and a strength that I didn't know I had. And through that, I realized if I can get through this with my sense of humor intact, I can do anything. So I started my first business and I just jumped in with the same attitude of here's first step, second step, third step. I didn't have a specific goal as to when I was going to launch, but I had to get things done. And so I launched eight months later. It was a, it's a novelty maternity store and it's still going strong. Only now it's a residual income. So I have it more passive. Someone else is making all the shirts for me. And so I now just direct it from a, you know, 30,000 feet kind of thing, but that was going strong and everything was great. I started that in 2003. And so it was growing and we were bringing in great income. And I, it was just so empowering to know that I did that and I could do that. And then 2007, 2008, 2009 hit, and that's when the economy died. And retail was, you know how retail was hit, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, we yeah. all know how terrible <laughs> it was. And my business dropped by half in the first year and then half again the second year. And by the time we get to 2011, my, my income was a third of what it was. And I held on. I would not let go. But something had switched in my mind because I took this very, very personally. And I took it like I did something wrong, like it was something I wasn't doing. And so that feeling stayed with me, even though we, I had a huge amount of debt, Jody, I had over $60,000 in debt. And that to me is huge. Okay. I'm not a person who takes on debt. So I'm sure many people have had lots more debt than that, but this was just from the business $60,000. It was devastating. And I, again, took it as personal that I wasn't good enough, that really, maybe I'm not cut out for this. Maybe, maybe it is something about me that isn't isn't really meant for success. And I kept that for several years. And, you know, my poor husband, he is a tax accountant. So he is very black and white. He is very, he's very creative in many different ways, but with money, you either have it or you don't. It's either here or it's not. <laughs> um, he's not a salesperson, so I can't, I can't sell him on, oh, but it's coming and look at this wonderful vision. Yeah. And you No, know, that doesn't work. <laughs> so, you know, the poor guy was looking at me like, oh my gosh, this business is $60,000 in debt and you still want to keep it going and you think you still want to start something else? Are you crazy? So it really took a lot for not only a hit to my own ego, but a hit from his side, the person that is supposed to really be my number one support for him to be feeling negative about me and a negative about this business was awful. And so I carried that with me for several years. We're talking from 2008. I didn't finally let go of that or start letting go of it until 2012. In retrospect, 
that was uh, the lowest time in my own feeling of myself. And the only way I was able to get myself out of it was to detach me personally from those situations, from that result, from that historical um, happenings, the things that actually happened in the economy. Even though I knew on the news it was happening to everybody, I didn't, I didn't let that in. It was me. Debt, oh my gosh. I don't know if you've ever been in it, but I'm telling you, it is one of the most draining Oh soul sucking Mary Catherine yes. is how I would describe it, it. soul sucking yes and so then you add on to the fact that I'm the one that's sucking my own soul out you know I feel like it is um it was awful so I really had to detach myself and once I finally did I was able to start digging my way out and bringing back my own self-esteem and my own worth That's really great that you bring this up because I think we all fall victim to that on occasion. And it's why I say to people, your confidence is something you have to keep working on, right? It's something you have to keep watering like a plant because even though you had all these experience that showed you like how much value you had, what you bring to the table, what you can accomplish, what you're capable of, and even keeping your sense of humor after being eight months pregnant with two broken legs, Lordy, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine being eight months pregnant and perfectly healthy. Okay. So, um, so that's just truly amazing. But what happens is our confidence falls victim when we're not mindful and we attach our value to something happening outside of ourselves, like how my business is doing, how my career is going, what people like, are people saying yes to me or are people saying no to me? It's, it's so true that it can lead to a tailspin. Yes. Like if things don't go right. And I know so many people who during that time, 2007, 2008, 2009, it was this, there was so much uncertainty yeah. and people were so stressed out. And yeah, it was happening to everybody. But I agree with you. It didn't matter because a lot of people were attaching what was happening to the economy with their value. And I know a lot of people really suffered. But I do want to get on because I want to hear about the time in your journey when you had a wake up call. Take us back to that moment and share with us the steps that you took that led to your success. I still, on a daily basis, have those doubts, and I have to continue bringing myself back to the place inside, internally, and there are many methods I use to do this, and we can talk about it if you want, but I have to bring myself back to that place of, no, I have value, and this is why. And it's not attached to monetary anything. It's not attached to results anything. It's really attached to the experience and the knowledge and the love and the support that I have to give every day. The specific story comes to after the debt was fine and done and Mommy Loves was, that's the name of the company, Mommy mm-hmm. Loves was going fine without me. I turned it into a residual income business, like I mentioned, so that I didn't have to. De- I didn't have to be in it every day. I sold all my equipment. I don't have to make any more shirts. I just get to do the designing and all that good stuff, so that all of my, um, you know, the costs associated with that business, I don't. I do not have anymore. And so that freed me up with, okay, well, what am I going to do next? 
And of course, at the time, my self-esteem was pretty low, but I was starting to build it back. I thought, what do I know and what do I do that brings value? And like you mentioned in the beginning, I am a parent. I have two sons. Now they are 13 and 16. So they're in the throes of teenagers. (sighs) (laughs) And I'm just thankful they're boys. I'm telling you now. (laughs) So I have, I've I've been able to raise my sons while building this, this business, this mommy loves. And so I did it around raising them, staying home. And so I have that. And I, I will say that I feel very, very good about the young men they are becoming and the choices they're making and the relationship we have. So I thought, well, I can help other people do that. It was, it was a lightning bolt. Uh, You know, I was listening to a podcast and someone used the words baby effect. And that word baby effect means in this context, something that happens to you that basically changes your whole perspective and makes you realize I've got to get this going because I have someone beyond myself that I'm responsible for. And that happened to me. And when I saw that, when I used that idea, I said, oh my gosh, I this is well beyond me because I have the knowledge and the experience and the love of caring for my sons. And I can help other people do that same thing, care for their sons and at the same time, build a business. That was my wake up call that I knew I had that experience, but I still wasn't sure whether my experience because of my previous situation and feeling like a failure, if it was really valuable to someone else. And I started this business. I started Parent Entrepreneur Power. And I started a podcast. I started the website. I just started writing and blogging about the experiences I had, raising kids and building a business at the same time and everything. I started with the realization that parenting and business are really the same thing. The newborn stage in in parenting is exactly the same. You use the same skills, the same fears, everything happen in a startup phase of a business. So I started putting those things together and started putting it out into the internet universe. And I started getting feedback and people saying, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Um, You're so right. I had people coming to me and asking me for specific advice on how they could do it, if they could hire me as their mentor to do it. And that first phone call, Jody, when, when someone actually thought that what I said brought enough value to them that they would pay me for it. That was a totally foreign concept to me. I didn't think they would just pay me. I thought maybe they would buy my book or do something like that, but they thought I had enough value and they were willing to pay me for my time to do it, to talk to them about it. That's so cool, Mary Catherine, in so many different ways. I mean, to get paid to do something that you're really passionate about, you know, that people are reaching out to you and valuing what you're bringing to the table. I mean, that is an amazing feeling. And you don't have to be a business owner to have that feeling. I know many people who are so valued and so in love with the mission of their company that they have similar feelings. But there was a lot in there that you said that I was just like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like like starting a business, (laughs) like raising a child. Now I have not raised a child. I have assisted 
friends and and siblings, but it was assisting, right? It was not raising. But even launching this podcast, right. I was on the phone with my sister and I was describing some of the things I had to do and some of the feelings that I was having. And she was like, Jesus, like having a kid. And I, it's the same thing, isn't it? It's exactly the same thing. I thought so. But as an, as somebody who's not a mom, I didn't want to claim it. Right. But thank you. Thank yeah. you for saying oh, no. that because heard other women say, I'm like, geez, this is what other women describe as being a parent of a newborn and what it takes and, and all of that. And, you know, so I definitely connected with that. And I think, um, you know, and for me in starting this podcast, like my own history, which I talk about in, in the first episode, um, and my drive and my mission to help other women to just step up as leaders. And it doesn't have to be in a role or a position, but just every day in their life, you know, to lead themselves to the life that they want to live, um, is just, you know, I'm so passionate about it and it's so powerful and to have people want me to do it. Right. (laughs) <laughs> and, and and have had people offer to pay me to assist them to do that in their own mm-hmm. life. That is so mm-hmm. gratifying. So isn't it amazing? Yes, it is. It's it's just truly amazing. And and you know it, it's the type of thing you pray to God for. And when it happens, mm-hmm. you're just like, thank you, thank you, thank you, mm-hmm. thank you. Okay. And what I want everyone to get is there is no one way to lead. We're all going to lead differently because we bring different skills and values and attributes to the table. So Mary Catherine, how would you describe your leadership style? I would describe my leadership style as listening, listening first and guiding second. And that's the same with myself. I, you're right. I have to lead myself as well and allow myself to take the path that I need to take. And the way I do that is to listen. I need to listen to myself and what my needs might be at the time. And the way I do that is through meditation. First thing in the morning, I have a routine that I go through. And the first thing I do to wake up so that my feet don't hit the floor and I don't hit the ground running to take care of everyone else, which I did for many, many years. (laughs) But so I don't do that anymore and don't start my day as a reactive day. I sit and I do, I have an app called Headspace and I sit in my favorite little leather chair, my feet on the floor grounded and relax and go through Headspace. And in order to lead other people, so some of the people that say that I'm mentoring with, I listen, listen to what's going on, what they're saying, and many times what they're not saying. Yeah, no, I love that. And, you know, there, there's so much that's been studied and written about in terms of the benefits of meditation and being able to be present in the moment, choosing it, right? Because mm-hmm. things are going to come along that are going to distract us all the time. Pop, thoughts are going to pop into our head. There's no preventing that. But can you let those things go so you can stay present in the moment, you know, as they come in, let them go out because you're right. You can't really listen unless you can stay present in the moment and focused on the person you're listening to. And that's a power in that. I've talked about that and I've done presentations in groups where 
you know, I talk about, you know, giving somebody your full attention. And it's amazing because when I first start doing the presentation, the room's just kind of wiggly and buzzing mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And then when we get to a point where, you know, I've said pay attention enough times, you know, in just in the course of doing the presentation that one by one, everyone starts really giving me their full attention and then the room goes silent. And you can feel it. And when that happens, I'm like, I'll bring everyone's attention to that. Like, look at what just happened. And everyone's like, whoa. (laughs) You know, like when the whole room is just silent because everybody's paying attention, I'm like, there's a power in that moment. And there is that much power when it's just you and just one other person. So I love that. So Mary Catherine, what is one thing that you're working on right now that you're really excited about? Oh my goodness, Jody! Um, do you really have to pay me down to one? All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It's so hard. Well, I've got to tell you, my my middle schooler, my thirteen year old boy, is is just going to promote to high school this coming up year, and I he's you know this week actually next week he's going to promote into high school. So I'm I am so excited for him. Middle school has been really tough for him, but um, from my own life beyond uh, my kids. Um, I'm just having too much fun with them, but from my own life and and the business, the parent entrepreneur power, um, one thing that's got me really excited is, uh, the power parents Academy. And that's where I have online courses to help parents not only find the energy, find the time, but also find the confidence and the ability to, start or grow their business while they also raise kids. And so I have some courses there that I'm helping people with and I'm getting some great results. I'm helping some, um, getting some great feedback. I'm, I'm really excited to see some of the amazing businesses that are going to be coming out of it, but I'm also helping people one-on-one do that as well. I'm helping one gal that has a one-year-old, um, living in Australia, start a, a company that's going to really bring some, some amazing good to the world. Um, but it's really that mission the mission to help parents if they want to, if they want to keep their kids home or if they want to quit their job and go home and raise their kids, if that's their goal to actually raise their own kids, then I can help them do that through a, a, a business of their own rather than working for someone else if they can't arrange to be able to be home working for someone else. Um, and we're setting up mastermind groups for specifically parents. I don't know if you have talked about mastermind groups on your show or how you, at least just groups of women to get together, to talk about what your goals are, to hold each other accountable on your goals, whether you're in business or not. It's just in the goals in your life. Um, those, that one thing, getting a group of women together who hold each other accountable, not just gab and chat, but hold each other accountable for the things we want out of life and for the things we say, like what you're talking about, playing small. Other women who know you can call you on those things. When we, I play the cello, okay, Jody. So I play the cello and I've played the cello since high school and I'm the only one in my family that has done anything musical as well. Of course, now my two sons, they, uh, they play instruments, but with my cello, I used to totally devalue myself. 
when I was in high school thinking, I can't play that well. I don't know how to play. And the only reason that I got the confidence to know that I played well was there was a blind audition. We had, uh, I was a freshman in high school. We had a blind audition where the uh, director brought in uh, another director from another school and had him sit with his back to the group. And each of us got a number and we played the same exact passage of music and we each got a number. And at the end, this other director judged us and placed us in the order he thought we played. And I was ninth chair out of 10. So I was second from the last and he placed me as first. And I was in ninth grade in front of the seniors and juniors and sophomores ahead of me. He said my playing was first. And that was the absolute first time in my life anyone threw in my face my own playing small. And it was literally playing. I just played my best. And he judged me as first. So if he hadn't done that, I would still be telling myself, I can't play very well. If you have a group of women who will hold you accountable to the things you think you can't do when they know you can, your life will change forever. So I'm sorry to go on for that, but that I, am, <laughs> I feel so no, comfortable it's great. and confident that if we just have people around us who can push us, um, we, the world would be an amazing place. You know, it's so true. And no, we haven't talked formally about masterminds on the podcast yet, but I believe it's Jim Rohn who has the quote, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Yes. Um, and it's absolutely true. And I do talk about that a lot in my blogs and, you know, with my clients and when I'm speaking, because it's true, you do take on the mentality of the people that you spend a lot of time with. And if you put yourself in good company of people who are up to, you know, doesn't have to be the same goals, but right. similar goals right. and who you've given permission to, to hold you accountable to what you say. Yes. I mean, you know, there's always a little discomfort with that, <laughs> but make sure these are well-intentioned people, right? You don't just want right. someone to go up one side of you and down yeah. the other, but people who are just going to say, Hey, wait a minute. You said right. that you wanted to do this and that you were going to you were going to make it happen. What is going on? Why are you stalling? Why are you procrastinating? Why are you coming up with excuses? When you put yourself in the company of those types of people, you start getting stuff done. Yep. And you start believing in yourself more. And so, no, it's really powerful. It's always uncomfortable to have someone, you know, call you out on something, but it's such a blessing yes, as well, because it's so easy for us to hide out in our lives. And I know people are listening to this going, oh my gosh, there are some things I'm hiding out on. I haven't admitted yes. that I have a goal. I haven't, you know, I know I want to do X, Y, or Z. Because it's too scary. It's scary to take on a big goal because we're afraid of failing or we're afraid to have to then invest the time and the energy and the effort um, and be uncomfortable because usually those good things, those goals that we want, it takes some effort and it takes being a little bit uncomfortable or a lot uncomfortable yes. um, to get there. And so we tend not to want to um, sign ourselves up for that. Yeah. But 
All right. Now we're going to do a quick leadership roundup. So I'm going to hold you to quick answers on this one. (laughs) It's okay. What is one practice that makes you a better leader? My morning meditation. It really mm. is. And it's what I just have to say something about something you mentioned a minute ago when we were talking about it a little bit. And you said um, you stay in the moment and you don't get swept away by these other thoughts or these other things. And that's exactly if this Headspace app is a free app. You can go through the first 10 days, basically, completely free to see if it works. And one of the things, and, and the guy's got a really sexy British voice too, or, you know, <laughs> so yes, it, it makes it very easy. <laughs> but But anyway, one of the things he talks about is that look at those thoughts as uh, like, a, like cars on a, on a highway. You're standing on the side of the highway. If you jump on one of those cars and carry it through, and it basically that car represents one of those thoughts or emotions or whatever, then you hold on to that and you don't let it go. But if you stand on the sideline and just acknowledge that car and let it go by, it makes it so much easier so that you're not jumping into that emotion and holding on to it. And that that right there has made me a better person overall. It's made me a better mother, a better wife. Um, it has made me a better woman, a better person. And what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? Now, I don't remember this woman's name, the author. I can see her face. Oh my gosh, Jody, I'm so terrible at names, but I see her face. And the book is called How the World Sees You. Have you heard that one? Yes. Fascinate? Yes. The fascination. Yes. It, the book itself, I believe, is called How the World Sees You. Um, and it's, is it, oh, I keep wanting to think, Sally. Sally Hogshead. Yes. Sally Hogshead. Thank you. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Sally Hogshead. It's an awesome, awesome book. And it basically helps you to identify your fascination, you, what you bring, the amazingness you bring to the world. So I I really like that. I love that. And knowing what you know now, if given a chance to go back and do anything differently, what would you change? I would tell that little 18 year old girl who was scared to death, leaving her family and thinking, what do I have to offer the world? Um, Just keep taking baby steps, baby. And you are going to show yourself what amazingness you have within you. And uh, that, that's what I would do. I would, I would reassure myself. Um, and, but I wouldn't change my path because it has led me to who I am. Uh, every single difficulty, every single step has led me to where I am and who I am. But I would just reassure myself to let myself know it's going to be okay. Yeah. It sounds like, and other people have said this, like, I wish I had just believed in myself and known that, you know, if I just took the next step and took the next step that everything was going to be okay. But I really want to take from what you said right there, that's something anyone can do right now too, is to just as a, as you know, as a mantra or a reminder to just assure yourself, just keep moving forward because everything's going to be okay. And imagine that your future self is telling you that it's already taken care of. And Jody, just like you were saying before with, um, with just taking that step, it is so scary when we, we sometimes don't want to acknowledge these goals. Don't look at the full goal. If that's too scary, just take one little step and test it out. It's like putting your toe in the water. You know, that's the hardest part is that beginning part. But if you just take one little step, then other steps reveal themselves that you didn't even know were there. 
And then you were able to take the next little step. And then you're, you can still even tell yourself, this is just an experiment. I'm just doing an experiment. I'm not jumping into the deep end. I'm just experimenting to see if this is even something I can do. And the more steps you take, the more confidence you build, the more directions you find. Uh, yeah, just take a step, a baby, baby step, just like your kids. Your kids didn't, they were not gazelles. They're not born gazelles being able to run, right? <laughs> they have to crawl first. They have to do all those things first. You are no different. And the Frankenstein walk. They got to do the Frankenstein <laughs> walk for a little while too with their toddler shoes slamming yes. on the floor. Yes. <laughs> all right, Mary Catherine, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. It is our choices that determine what we truly are far more than our abilities. That is the quote I live by. And um, it is said by a man named Albus Dumbledore. Do you know who that is? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> it is. And it really is our choices, not our abilities. I, I, it's not the fact that I can play the cello that makes me who I am. It's the fact that I practiced my fingers off the day before and the, the nights, a couple of nights leading up to that audition that make me who I am. It's our choices. And if I would have just said, oh, well, we're going to play it and it's going to be no big deal, I would have landed somewhere different than I did. But I practiced and practiced and practiced apparently more than the seniors did who had played longer than I did, because I can't, I'm not here to say that I'm some cello prodigy, let me tell you, but I practiced my fingers off. It's our choices. And that has, is what led me to where I am now, little baby choices. Oh, Mary Catherine, I'm a fan of anyone who regularly quotes Albus. <laughs> I love it. I love, <laughs> love it. That. All right. And lastly, what is the best way for our listeners to connect with you? Um, you can go to powerparentsacademy.com. Um, you can find me on my podcast. It's called Parent Entrepreneur Power. And I also have the website there, parententrepreneurpower.com. And they can email me anytime at mary at parententrepreneurpower.com. Awesome. They can and find me on Twitter and Facebook too. That's Parent E Power. You can put all that in the show notes if you'd like. Perfect, perfect. And you mentioned at the beginning, actually, before we started recording, a little gift giveaway. Yes, I did. I'm so excited. That little story that I mentioned about breaking my legs when I was eight months pregnant and how that led me, we kind of, we didn't go into very many details about that. But I, I have to tell you, the reason I say that I survived that with my sense of humor intact is because it was stinking funny, let me tell you. It was, you know, at the time I wasn't laughing, <laughs> but looking back <laughs> on it and thinking about bedside commodes and the smell of casts and how do you go to the bathroom when you're eight months pregnant and you can't move? Uh, yeah, it was, it was hilarious, um, looking at it now and don't worry, you can laugh if you want, because I won't be offended, but, um, <laughs> I'm offering the free audiobook and ebook, um, of the actual book that I wrote from that story and how it led me to start my first business. The book is called say bump and take a left how I birthed a baby and a business after a huge bump in the road. And they can go to powerparentsacademy.com slash lead, L-E-A-D. And they can sign up for an absolutely free um, audiobook and ebook version of that story. 
Awesome. And you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com, or you can use the short link, which is womentl.com. Mary Catherine, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We're all better for having met you. Thank you. And I'm better for sharing with you and meeting you too, Jody. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Were you inspired to take some action today, but maybe don't know where to start? Or maybe you have so many great ideas, you can't decide where to focus your attention. Don't let stress or overwhelm stop you from having the career, the business, or the life you want to live. Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching, or use the short link womentl.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.